Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Insider Podcast live stream. I'm Travis Hines. He's Randy Peterson coming to you a little more than 24 hours ahead of Iowa State's matchup Saturday night with Kansas, Iowa State, as we may have mentioned once or twice, in first place in the Big 12 along with four other teams with four and one records in the league. A huge night game for the Cyclones and for Kansas as well, who still is in the hunt uh, for a spot in the Big 12 title game along with bull pecking order. Randy, you get the sense that this is going to be a huge weekend in the Big 12. Yeah, I do. And it starts 11 o'clock in the morning, K-State and um, and Texas. Then you've got Bedlam, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, Kansas. Um, yeah, this is this is um, um, this is as good a week as it gets, as it's been at least in the Big 12. On college football in general, there's a lot of huge games out there. But, uh, you know, we're specifically interested in the Big 12. And um, yeah, now it's just a matter. And for Iowa State to be on this stage, and we've said this a, a few times, for Iowa State to be on the stage that it's on now after after hitting rock bottom, after almost touching rock bottom probably against Ohio, this is incredible. Now it's just a matter of whether Iowa State is Iowa State young players are up to the task of 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 playing well in a game like this and my sense, and I actually think I wrote it after, after the Baylor game was that they're just so young. They don't, they don't, they're, they don't know anything beyond, beyond their day-to-day football and, and, and academics. They don't know what's going on in the outside world. Um, And, you know, I hope that's true because I was, because this team's got suddenly has, has a lot of potential. And I don't think Kansas is a, is a world beater, although it beat OU last week. So maybe, and we'll see what what kind of mindset Kansas will be in after upsetting the Sooners last week in Lawrence. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting to look at Kansas and what they're doing with Lance Leipold and what he's doing without, I guess, consistency or certainty is probably the better word, at quarterback for the Jayhawks. And obviously that program was coming from the absolute depths of a couple different coaching regimes after Mark Mangino's time in Lawrence ended. What's your sense of what they're able, have been able to do thus far. And certainly with a high watermark last week um, against Oklahoma that ended with the goalposts being in water. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good point. Well, it, it has started with the quarter. It's, it's, in, it's in, involved the quarterbacks big time where well, you've got Jalen Daniels who did not play against Oklahoma um, he's got a stiff back, a nagging back problem. I was reading stuff today, or the last couple of days from Can- the state of Kansas papers. And, and Leipold said that 
that um, Jalen Daniels is his starter if he's healthy, which didn't say much, which didn't tell me much. Um, but I think, and Jason Bean has, has performed very well also. I mean, so it's uh, both of those guys are a threat to run or a threat outside the pocket. And Bean just is coming off of beating Oklahoma. So I think, I think this, this whole quarterbacking, that's where it starts. And, and being able to, to um, um, swap out quarterbacks like that and, and yet still be successful. That, um, that, that, that says something for me. I, I, um, and they're, they're, they're both kind of similar quarterbacks. I mean, Jalen Daniels is, is um, you know, he, he's averaging six yards a rush. Jason Bean is averaging six yards a rush. I mean, each time he takes off and runs. Um, Daniels is averaging almost 230 yards a game passing. Bean's averaging almost 100. So, so certainly Daniels is the better quarterback, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't undersell um, Jason Bean either. And for Iowa State to, to have any kind of success against them, that's going to be the, that's going to be Bo Freeler. It's going to be Zach Lovett. It's going to be um, Malik Verdone. Watching the watching those guys, I'm not going to say spying them on every play, but certainly knowing where they are. So that's where it starts with Kansas. Um, Devin Neal is is a um, almost averaging a hundred yards a game rushing, um, ninety seven. He's he's that's he's another integral integral part of this. So um, the it's it's the offense isn't horrible. The defense isn't horrible. They've just been fundamentally a fundamentally sound team, and that's why they're, um, they're they've been so successful. And on the flip side for Iowa State, I think one thing that's been under discussed and probably underappreciated <laughs> is that really since that Oklahoma game, the thing that maybe is most impressive about Iowa State is how consistently they've played and progressed. Like We've talked about how they've gotten better, but we're probably not giving them a credit how consistent that improvement has been in this 4-1 start, you know, really since, you know, and maybe even including that Oklahoma game, I think it could be fair to say Oklahoma at that time was just so much better that Iowa State still was showing improvement, but just what didn't matter for the final score. But with a young team with a long season, with a bye in there, with some tricky road games, and now a home game, like what they've been able to do to consistently play pretty good football and consistently get better is a huge credit to that team, to that coaching staff. And I think the question will be, can they re- continue that consistency for the next month? I mean, with a young team, with any team, it is really hard to play good football for five, six, seven weeks in a row. Can this team do it? Does it have a clunker looming in the next four games? Can they overcome a clunker? That to me is the question. Like, Can the consistency be sustained first in these next two games, which are the more winnable of the final four, and then into those last two games with Texas and K-State? That's to me – is maybe the the biggest question going into the home stretch for Iowa State. Can they maintain the consistency? And if they can't, and again, I don't think it's a huge indictment on this team. I just think that's the nature of college football. 
the nature of trying to keep a high level for a long time is really difficult to do. And the stakes are high with these next two games. You, you get one of the next two, you're bowling, and everything else is gravy on top of it. Can they just stop any, you know, lessen the pressure on themselves by winning a winnable home game at their first crack at bowl eligibility? And then I would imagine they can play pretty free the rest of the way because, Randy, to your point, I don't get the sense that this team is going to buckle under pressure of trying to get to a Big 12 title game if that remains in the cards. They get this first win, you get to six wins, and then it's how high can we go? You lose on Saturday, you lose on next week at BYU, and then I think the, the pressure turns up in a different way that those guys will probably be able to feel to get that sixth win against a difficult last two games. So again, I think this is a huge game where if they win this, I think it, the, the scope of possibilities widens considerably. Yeah, we're, we've got to the point in the schedule, Travis, where, where um, you know, we said last week against Baylor, huge game, huge game. Victory need, victory against Baylor needed to set up um, the Kansas game, a potential victory against Kansas. And once again, I agree with everything you just said. This is, this is Iowa State's opportunity to, to get to the bowl, to get back to the bowl, um, bowl eligibility, and I wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't. If Iowa State should happen to lose tomorrow under the lights, I certainly wouldn't want to. Um, you know, we've been talking about how tough the last two games are at home against Texas and at K State. Let's not forget these guys have never been to to Provo, Utah. They've never they've never done that. And yeah, okay, they're flying in luxury. They're flying a charter plane. They're staying in a in five star hotel. I get that, but you're still playing. Um, you're, you're still in a, in a way different time zone in a way different, different part of, um, part of the country. Um, and you, you've got in the back of your mind, you're going to be on a long plane ride home. You know, you're not going to be home until six or seven o'clock in the morning, our time. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to go into the BYU game needing to win. So, yeah, so this game is, this game is, is huge. And as far as, you know, what you said to your point about the clunker, I know, yeah, I know you're talking about the next four games, but we've seen how we've seen Iowa State already have one clunker and we've seen how Iowa State came out of that clunker. So I'm not too concerned about about this team having having one of those one of those um, Ohio moments uh, the rest of the year. I, I, I I'm not. Um I just think there's there's too much there. This team has improved, like you said, over increments um, since the Oklahoma since the Oklahoma game, um, and and especially. And I haven't done the, the I haven't done the math, but but I just know this incrementally that the defense against the rush, for example, has gotten better and better. And you and you wrote that a little bit. Um, it has gotten better. This defense is getting better each game. And so that that's important and that'll certainly be important against against Kansas on on Saturday. So I agree with what you said that there's been incre- incremental improvement um the last four or five games and and that we've got to continue seeing that improvement because I don't I wouldn't want to go into BYU needing a needing that game to have a to for a sixth victory. Yeah, to me the other thing that'll be interesting to see is 
how does Rocco Beck play? Because I thought he had his most pedestrian game last weekend at Baylor in a while. And I, you know, he said that without being asked about it after the game that he felt his accuracy wasn't very good. I, I thought some of his decision making wasn't as crisp as we've seen. And again, you know, he's still a first year starter. That's going to happen. I was getting back to what I was talking about in that there's just the, this level of consistency is rare for a team, for any team. And a team this young, it is remarkably rare, and it, it's a huge credit to them. And how long can they keep it up? Maybe indefinitely. We'll see. And I think Rocco Beck's game this weekend, I'm going to be very interested to see because he seems like a very even-keeled kid and quarterback, and we saw him bounce back in a big way from mistakes earlier this year. So I would anticipate that's what we see again on Saturday. And again, it wasn't like he – was totally terrible against Baylor. It just was not as precise as we've seen him be. And that, that offense, his game, what Iowa State wants, is largely dependent on precision at that position. Can he get back to dialing that up a little bit um, will be interesting to see. I think Iowa State is in a really, really good position here heading into the final month. they got to close. they got to execute. But obviously being a game away from bowl eligibility, being tied for first place with – winnable games still on your schedule and I don't think there are any no any games that are not winnable for Iowa State on the schedule like the degree of difficulty for the last two are ratcheted way up but I don't know that I would not call those games unwinnable certainly uh, for Iowa State right now at this moment Uh, but a lot to play for a lot on the table for Iowa State football Randy do you want to talk for a couple minutes before we get out of here since this might be the last time people hear from us ahead of Monday's home opener for the Iowa State men and women at Hilton Coliseum. Uh, the women played during the day, the men at night in a, a doubleheader, I believe. Um, let's talk. We'll have, uh, I think, probably have our colleague Tommy Birch on the radio show on Monday to talk a little bit about uh, the Bill Fennelly's group. But let's talk about TJ Otzelberger's group trying to get to a third straight NCAA tournament with a really young roster. Do you have any initial thoughts on uh, what the, the Cyclone men are going to look like come Monday evening. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see um to see where the scoring comes from. Um number 1, that's that's and granted they're playing Green Bay. I don't know anything about Green Bay. You 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 probably know more about them than I would ever know or care. I know it's in Wisconsin. Okay, perfect. Good job. Thank you. Um, that's why you make. I think the they got bucks. a pro football team up there. That's too. why you make the big bucks. Yeah, yeah, Titletown or something like that. Um, but I, I, I want to see where the where the points come from. Is Keyshawn Gilbert going to be the um, the leading scorer on this team? Is uh, I want to see how Taman is shooting it, like you talked about, like you wrote about this morning. Um, I want to I want to see him shoot it. I want to see um, Trey King. I want to see him. TJ has mentioned that he wants Trey King. He thinks Trey King can be the the Big Twelve um, number one rebounder. I want to see where that where that starts, how that starts out, and of course, I want to see the newcomers. Um, and I doubt that they start. I talked. We talked to TJ a little bit yesterday, and I, I talked to him on the side, and um, actually, we texted on the side, and I ran a starting lineup by him, and he said, "I'm close." And it did not include either of the. It didn't include the new in any of the freshman newcomers. So um, I think I think we'll see um, Omaha Baloo and Milan gradually work in. 
Um, they're going to be stars someday. Trav, you know that better than I. They'll be stars at Iowa State someday. But I don't think they're and, – and they may be by – they may be ready to go. They may be ready to play 20 minutes, 25 minutes by the time it gets to the Big 12 season. But they certainly need to – to start it gradually. And, and I'm curious to see them on Monday night as well. Yeah. I think for the freshmen, for the shooting, like those are like top level top line mm -hmm. items of things we want to see. I think we probably need a few weeks, a month probably to get a feel for the shooting, probably even longer for the freshmen. Uh, obviously we're not going to get uh, you know, a 40 minute sample size on Monday against green Bay is going to tell us a little, but maybe not everything. The thing I'll be most interested to see that I think maybe we could get the best indication of on Monday is what do they look like schematically? We've heard a lot about having more guys that can get to the rim. I want to see, is, does that come to fruition on Monday? Are they able to put pressure on the rim, which then will obviously allow them to get shots at the rim and shots at the three-point line, and then can they make those threes? Um, so that, that, to me, offensively, how do they attack the rim? I think it's going to be the number one thing I'm looking for on Monday. Defensively, do, do they maintain that identity with the, the new guys? And it's unfair, certainly, to judge a team by their first game. But what we've seen from Iowa State the last two years is that defense has been that defense basically from the jump. Can they do that again in year three with the amount of youth, with the amount of newcomers? We've seen them do it with just newcomers the last two years. Can they do it with transfers and youth? in this first go around, I think that'll be very interesting. And when it comes to the freshmen, you know, obviously Balu and Monsilovich are going to be key, uh, are going to be key contributors to this team. I actually kind of get the impression that if we see one of them in the starting lineup, it wouldn't shock me if that's Milan Monsilovich. Monsilovich first, given what he can bring offensively with his size and his shooting, I think he's got, a clearer, distinguishable path to that starting lineup than maybe even the McDonald's All-American Omaha Baloo, you know, who is going to be defense rebounding energy at an extremely high level, um, you know, is kind of what he projects at. Uh, but given what we've seen the last few years from Iowa State, putting the ball in the basket is at such a premium that I wonder if Milan has the more direct path to that starting lineup. And I don't think it'll be in the month of November. I don't even know if it'll be in the month of December, but it wouldn't shock me if we get to some point in big 12 play where it's like, okay, that, that kid needs to be starting because he's able to, to bring an element that is otherwise that he is the only one on the roster that can bring at six foot eight with a guy where I think, you know, there's hope that he can be a 40% three point shooter at some point in his career. I don't know if it'll be right from the jump, but I think, you know, they think very highly of what he can do offensively you know is he going to be able to, to force his way onto the floor by showing those skills certainly an interesting year for Iowa State a different year with the youth and a, a different kind of reset than we saw in year one and year two with TJ Otzelberger with all the transfers and really no expectations this year I think there is some expectations just from the uh, the success of the last two years even if I think there's also an acknowledgement that trying to exactly have an idea of what this team is going to be. It's going to be difficult with the youth, with the inexperience together as a group, but we will see starting Monday night. 
I think that's all we've got for the Cyclone Insider podcast and live stream from the Des Moines Register. Be sure to check out DesMoinesRegister.com for all your men's and women's basketball coverage getting going here immediately and for the final month plus of the football season. He's Randy Peterson. I'm Travis Hines. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Catch you next time. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.